As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to episode 76, brought to you by The Same Page Podcast. For more details about the launch of this new podcast coming August 27th, go to thesamepagepodcast.com. Listening to Cultivating the Lovely with me, Mackenzie Monroe from CultivatingTheLovely.com and Bold Turquoise across pretty much all social media, along with along with me, Leah Bowden from LeahBowden.com and Modern Miss Mason. And today we are talking about your educational choices, the educational choices that we have um, across very broadly, really, from homeschooling through to um, all kinds of institutional school environments. So we're going to dive right in and start to talk about that. Yeah, I think that Leah and I have a lot of things to be able to talk about this, especially because we've kind of both had experiences now in all the different realms. And so for me, I know like we're going to talk about what our plans are for this year. And for me, it's been a huge adjustment. I mean, okay, so I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to share this from a story perspective. Yes, do it. (laughs) So, I mean, backing up, obviously, last October, my life imploded. We left, we moved in with my parents. We were trying really hard to push through with homeschooling for the year. I did end up signing my kids up for a parent partnership program through a public school, which they were going part-time So they were still like technically by law homeschoolers, but they were still a part of this program. And I mean, I, I should also say like, I have been the fiercely independent homeschooler. (laughs) I have done that, but I've also come to that point where I realized we needed more help than I was able to provide for my kids. And that was really when I was wanting to reach out to the 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 program, the parent partnership program, because I really couldn't afford anything else. And sure. so we moved forward with that. And that was a great fit for last year as we were having this major year of transition. And just I, I felt like I really needed that support. My kids were able to get one-on-one tutoring from that program and, and all kinds of things that I just couldn't have given them on my own, especially with our living situation, just feeling less than settled the way I would want to be. You know, it was just, it was a major transitional year. And 
at first I was very, very much like, I am just going to make homeschooling work all the way through. Like I'd always planned, I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to, you know, I will make sure that I can homeschool my kids forever. Like I'd always thought that I would. But as time wore on, I realized like, I can't (laughs) not, I mean, I, I would love to, but there are for a whole variety of reasons I don't think it's yeah. wise. Like I need more time to be able to work. And even looking at where my kids were at each with their education, there were certain things that I felt like not only that I just couldn't help them with that we were needing to get outside help for them, but the struggles we were facing were so significant yes. that it was coming in the way of our relationship. Well, and I also think just from small transitions I say small I mean big really transitions we's, we've gone through whilst homeschooling homeschooling requires a lot of emotional attention yeah so from the mother so if you are going through a tough season um especially when you don't know if that's when that's going to end so yeah. if you're moving house or you've had a baby they are big transitions when homeschooling but you know it's going to change mm-hmm. um you know for you currently you're not sure when this is going to look any different you don't know how it's going to look and that requires a lot I know for me as an introvert my emotional energy would be done on my own life situation so then trying to invest then find some more to daily invest in my children which they deserve yeah uh, would be a real challenge I can understand that completely yeah and it was I mean there are so many difficulty difficult things about it because I mean it really was heartbreaking for me it's it's a shift in how you had always seen your children growing up and it was really a big shift in even my own identity I mean I have been a homeschooling mom I mean I started reading homeschooling books while I was pregnant with Roman it was I had always wanted to pursue that and we were very entrenched in that lifestyle I mean my friends were homeschoolers and you know a lot of this community are homeschoolers and I don't want anybody to ever think that I don't support homeschooling now or that I don't ever want to talk about it or because that's not the case I still definitely have a heart for it and is still I mean just like with the new podcast which we're going to be talking more about and more is going to be coming out on. We have an upcoming episode of Cultivating the Lovely that's going to talk all about this new podcast called The Same Page. But that was really born out of my heart for wanting to still invest in my children's education and be able to connect with them. Right. That's so important. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah, for me, it's been it's I'm glad we've had this year to kind of transition out of homeschooling to kind of get our feet under us realizing okay we this is probably where we're going to be heading for my kids to get little snippets of school by going to this program one day a week so they kind of got used to what it means to be in an institution you know yes for a yeah whole no, that day. has been helpful yeah. yeah and so by the end of the year I mean there there even was a time because Roman was very much like well no I want to be homeschooled I always thought I would be homeschooled and it, we kind of had this discussion like, but do you really want me to be your teacher anymore? Because I <laughs> yeah. don't know that this is good for the two of us. Like, I right. 
I don't know that I want you to have to be accountable to me for learning math. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you yeah. don't like me when you're learning math. Oh. And sometimes <laughs> I just want to be your mom. And you can be mad yeah. at somebody else about math. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I know that's not like, I'm not telling all homeschoolers whose, you know, kids get mad at them for assigning math, like throw them in school. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> not what I'm saying either. But I think that especially because we have like learning challenges that have been present with a couple of my kiddos, that that has made the process feel a lot harder and a lot longer. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. And there's yeah. a certain amount of just wanting to be able to be their emotional support and their mom and not be the one who they're having to struggle with daily about those things. Right. Yeah. I think, and I think the the big picture here is that we are fortunate to live in in countries where there are many many educational choices, yeah. and we are able to have a freedom to research all those philosophies and ideals and even places we can take out. And we have so many choices. You have many more than we do, really. Uh, But we have freedom to be able to do that, which is incredible. And it's no matter how much we can get on our, um, you know, our kind of idealistic, picturesque Mm -hmm. world of what homeschooling should look like and what how we want to raise our children. When it comes down to it, and life hits us in the face and the reality of life is is you know there right in front of us we have to look at what's right in that season for the health of our children for the health of our homes for the health mm-hmm. of their future and i think it's really important and also within the cultural context that we live in um you know so for 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 me with our story this year it's kind of what is what are the national requirements mm-hmm. that my children need and what are the best ways to do that in in your context right now it's for the really for the for the health of yourself and your children and for you to be able to support them yeah. you need the time and the energy therefore you've got to make the right choices that are going to be an all-round healthy choice. And, you know, if we truly uh, believe, as Charlotte Mason says, that our children are whole persons, that they are, you know, we are reaching into them mind, body, and soul, then we have to look at them like that, like what's right for them right now, not just what book am I putting in front of them, but how am I putting things in place for their future um, and and how am I going to approach that? And and if you're not, if you're not going to be... Um, able to be fully present mm-hmm. mind body and soul in that process I think it's important to make some different choices and to be free in that and to be okay in that I mean how have you felt you've kind of started to share this process but how have you felt yourself has this been a, a difficult decision kind of bearing in mind the public opinion yeah. that you often get faced when you're out there I mean how have you found that so far I mean it was it's it still is hard. I mean, I think a lot of people are realizing like, oh, she's not a homeschooler anymore. Is this going to totally change her platform? She has this right. course called the Lovely Homeschool Course. And, you know, I mean, I, I, that is scary. That's hard. It's hard to, to face because I know because I've been a more staunch person in the past. I mean, I really feel like this last year has had to reframe really how I think about almost everything. Oh, um, sure. But I think it's 
it's brought me to a place of being able to have so much more grace for people who are having to make different decisions than what I thought, like, this is the one way to be able to do it. And so I understand those people who are like, wait, no, you're wrong because I've been there. But I also am like, but there's there's so much more. And I think God is so much bigger than we give him credit for. And I I mean, I have been on the the side of oh public school you'll lose your kids you're you know this you're just damning them if you put them in public school like you just are losing every way to be able to impact them and you're turning over their they're going to be raised basically by their teachers and you know yeah. I I get that but I also have so much peace that this yeah. is the right process for my family right now. And I feel like God has given me so much insight into how to be really impactful in the time that I have with them. Because this has been a year of being spread so thin and really even leading up to this year as things were getting just more and more difficult and the demands that were being put on me and the emotional demands and all that kind of thing. It's been very hard for a while to feel like I could be good at, at all the things and keep all yes. the balls in the air. And oh, sure. I think this last year, really trying to think about being a provider and getting everything done that I need to get done, I never feel like I have any time to just truly focus on them. And right. It's always scattered. You do this while I quickly do this on the computer and then I'll come back with you and I'll help you with that. Like, I don't want to be that kind of mom. That's not how I want my kids to remember me or remember our interactions together. And so in some ways, when we finally came to that, okay, this is happening. There's no going back. This is the way that we have to go forward and kind of that peace descended on me. I realized, okay, at least I'll be able to segment my life more. And the time that I don't have my kids with me, which I'll still have my three-year-old with me most of the time, but, oh, of course. you yeah. know, which I'm grateful for, but the, and she will be going to a little preschool like two mornings a week. But other than that, she's pretty much going to be with me, which is great. I'll be able to hopefully work while she's napping in the afternoons and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. But I feel like, okay, I'll get my work done during school hours and then I'll be done. Like I'll finally be able to set those work hours and then actually focus be on with them. the children. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. be able to look into their eyes and hear their stories and not just be constantly distracted by the other things that I haven't had the time to fully focus on. And so I feel like I'm going to be better in all those areas because everything will have its own set time to be able to get it done. Yes. No, I can see that. Are you, how do you prepare your kids for that transition? Have you done certain things or are you, uh, is a, I guess this year when you've, they've been into, into kind of, they've yeah. kind of been transitioning this year, haven't they? Yeah. I guess that's been helpful. I think that definitely did help having them in that program just one day a week. And then, I mean, we've been having the, the conversations for four or five months now. So we kind of knew it was coming and my daughter, who's going into first grade, she is very much like, I will rule the school and I will be <laughs> ASB president. And, you know, I mean, she's oh, just, yeah. she's totally just ready to rock the school. And so she hasn't really needed much transition. I think, like for Roman, who has always been a homeschooler, 
I think it was a little bit harder for him to wrap his mind around. But he went to, he or right now, actually, this summer, he's going to a literacy program that is three hours every morning. And my younger son, Judah, is in that program as well. And I feel like it's a good transition for both of them to kind of realize, like, okay, this is what getting up every morning. Judah, actually, the last half of this school year, he was in a private school. Um, okay. But he's he's going to be going to public school as well. But I feel like this program that they're going to every morning, it's like we're, we're kind of being eased into that, okay, you got to get up every morning, got to get everybody out of the house, something we've never yes. had to do every no, morning. No, I know. It's a huge <laughs> transition to wrap my brain around. It is. It is. Yeah. And... So just those little things, I think, are helping them to warm into the school year and realize that it's really not going to be that bad. My oldest son was really dreading doing this literacy program, and then he got there, and they really make it pretty fun. And yeah, I'm sure they do. So yeah. he's like, well, okay, maybe won't, maybe school won't be so bad. And my younger son, my nine-year-old, the private school he was in was... It was not my choice, and it was really not great. It was very um, workbook-based. They actually sat in a cubicle by themselves working on these workbooks. No one teaches you anything. There's never any other, like, real books around. It's just workbooks all day long. You check your own work. Oh, I know that. Yeah, okay. torture. (laughs) And so... (laughs) I think he was so burnt out by the end of the year. And so getting to this program, he's like, oh, my goodness, like it can actually not be (laughs) as torturous as sitting there with a workbook six hours a day or whatever. And so I think even for him, even though he's kind of have had the institutionalized experience, it's a little bit like, oh, we're on the upswing. (laughs) not that bad (laughs) so yeah I think those are some of the things that we've done and then just you know getting them their backpacks picking out a backpack that they really like and yeah kind of making a big deal about oh we're getting your school supplies and giving them their input on what they want and how they kind of want to present themselves to other kids next year I think that's part of that transition and I really feel like by the time they go they're going to be mentally ready so that's good yeah that's good that's good ladies we're going to take just a second to talk about our brand new podcast that is launching august 27th under the cultivating the lovely umbrella it is called the same page and it's all about fostering the atmosphere and sharing the stories that lead us home It's meant to be a podcast that you listen to with your kids in the morning, either before school or at the breakfast table if you're homeschoolers. And it's all about keeping us on the same page with our kids, talking about the same kinds of deep, wonderful information like Shakespeare and poetry and even sharing classic children's novels together. We are kicking off this fall with the wonderful Wizard of Oz, and we could not be more excited. We have so many amazing things wrapped up in this podcast. The core episodes will go out on Mondays that you listen to every single day of the week to help you memorize the poetry and Shakespeare and everything. Then Monday through Thursday, we will release a new chapter from a classic children's novel. They're pretty quick. All the episodes combined will take you only 10 to 15 minutes to listen to in the morning. Perfect for a short car ride. And we really think you're going to love everything that we have to offer. 
members of the new podcast that join us in the Patreon community, we are calling Dorothy's. And these ladies get access to our Yellow Brick Road community. It's all about leading us home, right? And we've got more resources and information. We've got articles, an exclusive podcast all about what this actually looks like being used in someone's family. We've got ideas for taking it farther with the atmosphere, how we can really make that atmosphere wonderful and lovely for our children and ourselves, and how we can be working on our heart atmosphere as moms, because that's usually the thing that we really need to be able to improve and get past so that we can really connect with our kids. It really boils down to relationships. That's all what the same page is about, and we think it's a fantastic resource for you guys to be able to use. So join us on August 27th, and if you want access to our full schedule and all the other goodies that are happening right now, then join us at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. We would love to have you there. All right, on with the show. Our situation or our story really is um, very much to do with our our cultural context. Mm -hmm. So here in the UK, once a child gets to to 14, 15, so for us it would be, I I always get mixed up with the difference (laughs) between the American grade system and the UK year system but it's basically year 10 and 11 so I think that I'm not sure I'm I'm assuming it's the first couple of years of high school so they would be like 15 16 um and then once once here once they hit 16 they don't they can um do an apprenticeship but they have to kind of do some study along the side as long as they're doing some study they can work once they're 16, which is amazing, awesome. really. Yeah. Um, or they can go to uh, do further educate. Um, yeah, further education. So it's so kind of around 16, 15, 16. They, um, and I say require. You know, it's the 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 national norm is for all children around that stage to take um, GCSEs, which are General Certificate of Secondary Education. And you take them in specific subjects. So we've, we we kind of zoom right in on you know what do you want to study very early in life here? Yeah. Um. So so for instance, you know you would do maths and English, of course, and then you'd do some kind of science. Everyone does that, and then you would do I don't know business studies. Um. You might do computer science. You might do geography, history, but very subject specific. And you would study that particular syllabus that goes alongside that subject. And then after two years, you take an exam, and then you are graded on that exam, and then you've got the they're almost like I describe them to my children like a ticket they're a Mm. ticket to help you move on yeah um they don't define you they don't form your identity they are a ticket to help you make choices in this country yeah to move forward um now they are you know it's not a legal requirement to do these so you will get some home educators who do make other choices and use other curriculums not many people do because generally what you find is once the child wants to go to a different, um, you know, to go into further or higher education, they will get asked, okay, how many GCSEs do you have? Yeah. <laughs> and that's when you kind of, oh, well, I didn't do them, I did something else. And occasionally you've got these stories of homeschoolers getting in on good interviews or having other qualifications. But the general the general way and for me it avoids embarrassment for our kids you have to have very confident children to sit in an interview situation and say 
I don't have GCSEs. Yeah. Um, you know, very confident. And, and and good on you if you've done that in the UK. Amazing. But um, Dave and I decided uh, with our kids, you know, they, they wanted to do them. We said, this is the path we'll go um, once you get to that stage. We want you to have a, a few tickets to be able to make better choices. So that really is the way. Now, you can do them at home. You could, uh, there are various um, kind of, there are various setups around the country who support homeschoolers doing GCSEs at home. Um, It's a very, very different educational outlook than my kids have learned over the last 10 years because it's, you know, it's textbooks. You, You sit, you look at a textbook, you learn what the examiner wants you to learn and you tick the boxes and you answer the questions and you you basically get into the head of a a national examiner and you're like, right, okay, yeah. what do they need me to do to get this? Now, you know, imagine that in contrast to a Charlotte Mason yeah. education. Like, so <clears throat> we actually tried. Um, so if you do them at home, they're not funded. You don't get any funding. They're pretty expensive. Um, and you do you might want to do four or five, five, probably five subjects. Mm -hmm. So it could be quite a few, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds to be able to do that at home. Um, And you, we started, we trialed one with our eldest daughter. We said, okay, let's give this a go. Let's try one at home. And um, what we discovered is that it just wasn't healthy for anyone, like anyone, her, me, for our household, for the other children, um, the pressure of, I mean, really what she needed was she needed my attention 24-7. Uh, we had different expectations. My expectation is that she'd be more of an independent learner by then. You know, and that's what homeschool mums have told me. Yeah, you can do them at home because they're independent learners. You just sit them down with the syllabus and they'll go through it. Well, that was not our story. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that is not how she approached it so you know long story cut short we started to really pray and look into what is the best way here and she said I think I need to do these in school um so we we know we gave her that voice into that situation so we Mm -hmm. found an academy locally that takes um takes them in at year 10 Uh, it's a small academy so they all start at the same time and they just do the two years and they do the exams and it has been a big transition for her um it hasn't been the easiest transition but she is now thriving um she's just about to finish this week her first year and then she's got another one more year when she will complete the exams and then she's done um and she's come out the other side she's been picked to be a school prefect um for next year she's done really well in what does that um, mean so you kind of represent the almost like a leader in the year so you're chosen to be she's obviously got this leadership they see leadership in her um i mean she's just excelled socially and academically and the way she's her character you know you sort of look and think okay the groundwork over the 10 years of homeschooling you start to see the fruit of it. You begin to see where things come into play. And she sat and said, oh, I miss I miss homeschooling. I miss the books around the fire and the sat slow mornings and the, yeah. you know, the stuff that. But actually, um, she has already been trained 
in business and entrepreneurship and she's starting to get ready for the adult world at the right time um and my mama heart has not found that easy um and you end up you know it, it kind of makes it even busier because you've got kids at home who you're educating and then I've got I'm signing letters and planning her days and paying money out to this um but it absolutely was the right thing and we are equipping our children to get these to jump on these stepping stones and to get these tickets to be able to make better choices for their future and and really for us in the UK that um that has been you know, yes, a little bit of a means to an end, but it's also been the best way to do it. And we've just said to our children, make the best of this time, you know, shine like a light in that time. You know, they're not little children anymore. They've had 10 years of homeschooling. So my next son down, he's, he's only, he's 21 months younger than Naya. So he will do, he will start that process in September and he's excited. The school that he's going to, again, it starts at year 10. So there's nobody younger than him. They're all starting at the same time. Um, There are quite a few of the home educators who are going at the same time as him, which is, which is really fun. Um, It's an engineering focused school. So it's, um, he gets to study engineering, very science heavy. Um, yeah, and it just, you know, it's amazing, really. You know, it's is it the best school? No, it's not really. <laughs> but <laughs> we will make the best out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and we will make that uh, work for him. And, and we'll see what the transition will be like for him. So, yeah, so come September, I'll have my two older children studying for their national exams in the school system. And my two younger children will be home with me continuing our rich and varied education uh, from our living room. And we're all ready for that. We're all um, readying our hearts, you know, for that. Um, But it's it's an interesting end of an era, really, having all of home. And so this will be we'll be coming into our 11th year of homeschooling. Wow. so I also feel for my younger two, they're going to get me to themselves, which will be, they're excited about that. Yeah. And also they're getting their mama with 10 years under her belt yeah. of experience. Um, you know, our older kids are always the guinea pigs, aren't they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting when Naya first made that transition, I did feel a little bit kind of how am I going to communicate this I always thought I'd homeschool all the way through mm-hmm. and we do these exams from home um yeah so it is humbling but it's yeah. also a reality check because yeah. they're humans they are human beings they are whole persons they are you know I have to give them a voice yeah I have to and we have to work within our culture our family our season of life and we have to be real about that yeah. No matter what that looks like on Instagram, no matter what it looks like in our blog post, no matter what it sounds like um, against things we've said before, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, have absolutely. to right now. What's in front of your face? What are you dealing with? And what is the health? What are the healthiest choices for your whole family and the community you're a part of? And um, we have to be free to do that. And there's a grace for each season. Yes. Um, you know, we've covered this season in our family with so much prayer and guiding our children. And, you know, really, we are doing just as much educational support with Naya getting her through this. Oh, I bet. And actually, it's 
you know, the evenings, doing homework with her, helping her do her art projects. Uh, my husband, more than me, is, is kind of doing tons with her because his background is design. And so he's been doing all these art projects yeah. with her and coaching her. And you do when they're older, you become more of a coach yeah. in their education. Um, so we definitely haven't taken a back seat and said, there you go. Um, you know, UK government, you do the job now. We haven't said that. Yeah. We've said we are delegating part of this responsibility to somebody else now, but we are very much still in in the seat with them and mm-hmm. we're doing this with them. Yeah, but yeah. it's not, it hasn't been the easiest transition, but it's been the right transition, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's so encouraging to hear from you know, a mom who's a few years farther along in the process and really having to kind of grapple with those same things. But I mean, I think I feel very much the same way you do. It's like, I know the homework's coming. I know that this isn't just like signing off. Okay. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I mean, it's (laughs) it's definitely been weird heading into this fall being like, this is the first time I haven't planned lesson plans and I haven't been shopping for school supplies in terms of just like what we have at home. It is, it is definitely different, but I am having fun getting to plan, I mean, like our morning time thing, which is with the same page podcast, but even like thinking about what books we're going to read. Like we can just pick what books we want to read. It doesn't have to be about any sort of agenda of information I'm trying to get into them. I can just enjoy books with them. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to those kinds of things that I feel like for a few years now, we've been so focused on, ooh, these are the parts where you're having difficulties and we've really got to focus here. And so we almost never got to get around to the 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 juicy stuff, the fun parts of homeschooling that I think are why a lot of us homeschool in the first place. Yes, and that's true. So now I feel like we get to have those great conversations about literature and share these stories together and make those kinds of memories that were really being held back by so much focus having to go towards the difficult parts of what we were trying to get through with the learning disabilities and everything. And so being able to look forward to those kinds of things and be excited about them, I think has also helped with the transition. Yeah, no, that's good. I think there is an element within home education where we have to remember that we're a mother first. Yes. And, you know, I know I, I know some incredible mothers who have children in school, but they, they're so good at being intentional about their discipleship of their children, mm-hmm. the, you know, the activities they do within the care. Um, and you, I sometimes looked at them and thought, you know, it's, this sometimes looks even healthier than some homeschooling yeah. families where yeah. you're rushing through the day and trying to get your own stuff done and trying to get your cleaning done and yeah. throwing some books here and there. And you really have to look, uh, I think you have to do a sober assessment of your time and the way your the rhythm of your day and where your heart is, because it's one thing saying you're a homeschooler and you know you you've taken on that responsibility, and depending on your your philosophy and what you really believe, how that looks and yeah. uh, and what that works out like, but I think you do have to remember what, we're mothers first, and mm-hmm. um you know like you said some of the stuff that's supposed to be part of homeschooling the kind of richness around books and 
having that discipleship time together and really taking responsibility for that often you it doesn't happen yeah because you're so stressed about ticking the boxes and getting the stuff done and running your own business at home and yeah. getting the getting the housework done um yeah and i and i think that it's good to stand back and look at what what does it really look like what is the reality yeah um beyond the pretty pictures and yes. beyond the bookshelves what does this look like for us and what can I do to strengthen what I actually set out to do? And that's why whenever I'm, I'm talking to somebody about homeschooling or family life, you have to ask the question, what's your vision? You know, what do you want it to look like? And I think even in your season, um, Mackenzie, when you don't really know what the future holds or what's yeah. un unraveling, you can say in this next season, yeah. what's my vision? You know, mm -hmm. what are the things that I want to do with my children? What's yeah. the heart of my, you know, what do I want the rhythms to look like and listening to stories whilst driving them to school and having time together at the end of the day with a drink and a snack and just making sure you're in their faces. And um, I think that we can do that. We can say, what what am I setting out to do? What is the vision for my home, for my homeschool, for, or for the rhythm of our educational day, whatever that looks like? Mm -hmm. And what can I put in place to make sure that happens? Uh, otherwise, the new year will begin again and it runs away with you. Yeah. And uh, you get burnout. That's why you get mums by Christmas just exhausted because there's no vision yeah. there's no outworking you know the heart and I think we can do that no matter where our children are at where they're going how we're educating them yes. um we can all have a family vision we can definitely all have a vision for our household absolutely yeah. And that I, I hate to like hijack this episode and talk about the new podcast, but it truly is so much where like exactly what you're talking about. It came out of that wanting to be intentional with that time that I have with my kids and use it well. And I knew that I still wanted to be able to speak into them with poetry and Shakespeare and scripture and all of that, sending them out into the world, like hanging on those things every morning. But I knew that I wasn't going to have the capacity capacity to get out the books every morning while we were having breakfast and make that happen like I just I know that's not a reality and right. so that's when I started thinking well how can I make it a reality okay well I could just record it so that we could play it in the car because we have nothing better to do in the car well if I could <laughs> yeah. you know if I could use this resource then maybe other parents can use this resource and right. it was just it, that is so exciting to have this kind of passion project come out of you know this is something I really just wanted to do for our family to still still hold on to some of those things I wanted to be able to instill in them but also realize like this can be so impactful for so many families and it can be a way for other moms to take some of that pressure off of themselves and not have to do all the planning of it and but still be able to be really intentional with their kids during you know, just the few moments they have before, either before they homeschool or before they send them into a school setting. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely be listening. Yes, I'm very, <laughs> Sounds great. very excited yeah. about it. Well, especially because my kids are doing it with me. And so that's that's super fun, too, because you get to hear their little voices on it. And, and oh, they're, so good. they're doing just such a fun job. There's just there's few things more fun than hearing a six year old recite Shakespeare. So absolutely. <laughs> I'd like that to do a best. decent job at it as well. Like, I'm so, so good. For it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. 
But so for your younger ones that you are going to have it still at home, do you feel like that it's going to look different than it has in years past? Or, or what is that going to be I, like? Um, I think I don't think it'll look that different. I think we'll have a little bit more freedom to um, go out and about a bit more. I think with having the older ones at home, they had a heavier workload. So we, you know, we wouldn't kind of, we weren't part of many co-ops or groups yeah. or anything. We did have, our, we've got our own that we run from here. Um, but also I think it's more my attention and even my emotional attention because yeah. there's a little bit of an age gap between my older two and my younger two. So I would be very conscious of Matt, overseeing and kind of managing my older two and their as they become became more independent learners kind of okay are they what are they doing making sure they're on task kind of thing yeah. you know, checking on them and then going back to being one-on-one or two or one-on-two with my younger two and working through that um I think having that element gone so it's just the three of us um and we'll probably get our school day done quicker actually because yeah. I was spreading things out a lot more we'll probably spend more time outside even more than we do already which yeah. I'm excited about which has always been my vision really yeah. um and just kind of I think part as well what they're excited about is pursuing some of the, their gifts and skills some of the things that they're particularly um good at mm-hmm. that I may have said kind of what you know even to do with expressive arts and drama and some of the stuff that my younger two are just amazing at that I've never had time to find a club or a group or Mm -hmm. um we've never really had the space for that that I've said to them right we'll explore maybe a drama group or something which would be great for them um so but the rhythm of our day will look very similar to how it has um but I'm also going to be introduced you know and some I think the other thing with within the the Charlotte Mason philosophy is um, I'm very, you know, I keep that very wide and very free. Um, I'm, I create my own plan within that and um, mm-hmm. pick my own books. Um, but some of the stuff that didn't really click with my older two, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to realize may do with my younger two. So introducing different elements and different books and different languages um, that I kind of said I put aside because my older two didn't really it didn't really fit for them or they didn't mm-hmm. didn't just wasn't a great great the, the greatest choices. Um, my younger two are very different learners. They 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 see the world very differently. So I'm excited to try out some new stuff that I've been learning. Um, you know, bringing some of the um, stuff that I've been reading and learning about and try it with them. So yeah, so it's very similar rhythms. Um, a little bit more room, bit more space to move with them, which is great because yeah. my older two had, my you know my older two had quite a few years yeah. of of just having me when the younger two before they were born or when they were toddlers. Um, so so yeah, we're all looking forward to um, the space, I think, and uh, we're not you know we're not intimidated by the transition because we've been through it already. We've yeah. already done one year of that slow transition. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, let's, let's, uh, let's wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll check excited. in in six months and see how we're both Def- doing. <laughs> definitely. Yes. <laughs> well, I think yeah. that's really good. I think, I mean, I guess like the last kind of parting words I would want to encourage moms out there, like if you, if you're struggling or if you've 
just been homeschooling for a while. I kind of know a few moms who are doing this sort of thing where, wow, they've been homeschooling for seven, eight years. Like sometimes it's just good to do a reassessment, even if you're not wanting to just abandon homeschool completely just to kind of see where you're at and what resources might work better for you or things that haven't been working for you. Like give yourself the grace to be able to really honestly look at that and then Yes. If you're not feeling that, if you're one of those very convicted moms or families who are just like, this is a path we're on, hell or high water, we're in it for the long haul. And I get that. But have some grace on those mamas who are really just feeling their own capacity. (laughs) Like, I think just like you were saying, like, our children are whole persons. Like Charlotte Mason says, like, we are too. Absolutely. We are. Yes, yeah. we are. And I and I, I do talk about that a lot. I think how we view ourselves, um, you have to look at the impact on you. Um, you know, I think it is good. I think I think taking a little break, you know, and just having that assessment of how am I doing? How's my heart doing? Yeah. You know, if you are feeling highly anxious and stressed out and, you know, it's all a muddle, then it might be a good time to look at how is this working? Mm-hmm. You know, do you need some support? you know, do things need to change? Um, But also being able to make those very freeing decisions within your family unit without feeling judged or without being worried about. I mean, you know, you might be judged. We're all judged, aren't we, by whoever wants to be. And that's not our, that is not our responsibility. We cannot, we cannot carry the weight of other people's choices, what they think, what they say, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> we really have to say that. Who yeah. cares? This is where we're at. This is our our mental and emotional well being. This is the well being of our home and our whole family, each individual child, you know. And we have to be able to make um, good, educated, conscious decisions um, without feeling the pressure of whoever, you know, yeah. whoever they are, yeah. the, the kind of judging fingers of social media. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage each each mother, whether, you know, whatever stage they're at, whether they go, they, they've got their kids in school and they're considering home education, they're, they're home educating and they're looking, they might need to implement some changes. Be free, be free in those choices and mm-hmm. seek God in those, you know, definitely prayerfully consider what that looks like. And um, really look at what is the vision for your family? What is the vision for your home? And how do you outwork that? Yes. Um, yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. And support each other. Because yes. I know that was a huge, a huge thing for me is feeling like, but all my friends are homeschoolers or most of them are, you know, like, will this drive a wedge between us? Because we won't have that commonality anymore. And especially two of my very dearest, closest friends that I kind of went to and was like, so is this going to change things? And I, I was so blessed that both of them said, absolutely not. This, this won't change anything. We are partnering with you and your children, no matter what, because we love you and we love your family. And we know that you love us and you love our family, whatever our choices are. And we just want to be here to help you through the process, no matter what. Because if, if you are one of those, because I, I have another friend who's having a very different experience and it breaks my heart for her that that's what she's going through, that she's facing more of the staunch side of the homeschool community that's saying, 
you you said you'd always do this and now you're not but here she is yeah. you know this mom with a lot of kids and learning disabilities and issues and she just feels so spread thin and it's like give her some grace you know how about support her <laughs> through this process instead oh, of goodness. just yeah. hammering her because she she's she didn't come to this decision lightly. I don't think anyone comes to any of these decisions. Of course we don't. Lightly. No way. Yeah. yeah. And we need to recognize that about each other and give each other credit for that. That, okay, you must have grappled with this decision if you brought it all the way to this point to talk yes. to me about it, you know? So I yeah. think I think it's, it's a learning experience for people who are making the other decisions and the people who are surrounding them. Like, that... When you can really support somebody who's making different choices than you are making, even if you feel like that's what your friendship was founded on, that really takes your friendship to a whole new level. So of let course it, it does. Yeah, yes. let it do that work because I think in the long run you'll be very grateful, and those friendships will be much more long lasting if it's if it doesn't just stay centered on we're friends because we're homeschoolers. Yeah, I mean, you know, the human heart is bigger than that. We yeah. we should go beyond that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I know there's commonality. I know we meet in various settings, whether it's online or real life, because of something that crosses Absolutely. our paths. But actually, if it's a true friendship, it goes way beyond all yeah. that, yes. way beyond all that. And I'm yeah. so glad that you, yeah, like you mentioned, your two friends who were, really showing you that and saying of course this doesn't matter it's yeah. about you and and we love you and your family and I'm so glad that you've got that Mackenzie oh, that's I'm, um, I'm so good I'm so glad too and one of them is Katie Duckett the other one's Rebecca you guys hear about them all the time <laughs> but yes. um Katie Duckett who is still going to be homeschooling you know, she's partnering with me on the same page podcast which I love because now we're able to bring both like the public mom perspective and the homeschool mom perspective so good. to yeah. this joint project and kind of like unifying those two worlds which is really exciting to me that's really okay. good yeah. really good so yay Leah how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life well, um, so the UK are going through a crazy heat wave right now. <laughs> you don't we usually had... hear that in oh, London. Or never. I don't think it, that, yeah. Yeah. So we have had, <clears throat> I can't remember all the stats because they keep changing. I mean, yesterday was the hottest day in the year or something. I mean, we keep getting these things thrown at us. So we are having... Um, I don't think they've had a summer this long or this warm since the 60s or 70s or something. I mean, huh. it is, uh, and we don't have air condition, you know, we, we don't have yeah. anything like that because we're not used to it. Yeah. We used to, you know, a summer would be, you would have pockets of sunshine and days when you want to go to the seaside and then you'd have lots of rain or cloud. And, uh, but, you know, I woke up early to chat with you just before six and it was, yeah. the house was warm. It was heavy. So, Saying all that, one of the things that the way that we're cultivating lovely in our home in the morning is various forms of iced water. <laughs> Which is also Crazy. a very rare thing in Europe. Yes. Oh, I know. Ice. Yes. So buying bags of ice. And uh, Dave and I went, were privileged to be able to go to Venice for a couple of days yes. earlier in summer. And um, one of the things that our hotel greeted us with every day was ice with cucumber and mint in it and uh, ice water with cucumber yeah. and mint in it 
and they would greet you at the door and it was hot there you know pour it out so I've come up with all these ideas of uh, what to put in ice water so I have mint growing in the garden so cucumber and mint lemon and lime um <clears throat> mint and lemon I just keep changing it up so uh, but having lots of ice water around and um it feels quite decadent even though it's just water you can make yeah. it very exciting That's so um funny. which I think is you know the essence of cultivating the lovely is sometimes yeah. in the simplicity of something quite mundane we can add something very small which can bring it to life and bring beauty to it yeah. um so, uh, yes, Absolutely. amongst, uh, you know, and we are grateful for the sunshine, but our poor country is struggling because of the heat, not particularly just the people, but the the crops, yeah. the food that's growing, um, all the, and we don't have things like sprinkler systems and, um, yeah, yeah, air conditioning units. We don't have that because we're not used to it. We don't, we don't so- have a need for it really. What would a summer normally be? Because I'm looking here at London's weather on my app and like, okay, I'm going to talk Fahrenheit, but it's saying that Wednesday is supposed to be like 86, which would be very like moderate here, at least in the Pacific Northwest. That's very hot. That's very, very hot for us. What would it normally be? For you so, guys. so that's like I mean, the equivalent of I'm, I'm switching back and forth between Celsius and Fahrenheit trying to get a grasp of it. So it's like, so what is that? Tw- so it's like 30, 30 Celsius is like yeah, 86 is, Fahrenheit. That's ridiculously hot. Is that today's forecast that's or tomorrow? Wednesday. And see, that is wow. like, oh, beautiful summer day here. So here, that is ridiculously hot and nobody can work. <laughs> Like so, people don't know what to do with themselves. So you, you might get it in the you might get it in the seventies in the okay, summer. You know, okay. um, I mean we do get you'll get the odd day when. So that's why we'll get this time when you'll just call it a heat wave, where they they call it a heat wave. So you might get three or four days where it's in the eighties, you know, early eighties. And well, 84. I hate to break it to you, it's supposed to be ninety on Thursday. <laughs> no way! Yeah. Is it really? And that's I'm in London. Says. I'm going yeah. to be in London on Thursday. So if it, I mean, the south, obviously, you get it hotter in the south. We're about two hours north of London. So we okay. tend to get it pretty hot here. Um, whereas Scotland might have different, quite different temperatures or Yorkshire. But wow. Now, I I don't remember ever experiencing that heat in the UK. <laughs> That's, That's people crazy. are going to be passing out. I mean, they generally are. The, the, NA, the, you know, the National Health Service will be giving... Um, that they'll be kind of telling you how to look after yourself and your children and your elderly because See, we're just not used to it. They'll at be all. telling us this, but this is something we hit every summer. But like okay. Monday for us is supposed to be 101. <gasps> <laughs> wow. And we're See, on fire just... watch because Are you? we're okay. in the Northwest. Like, I mean, they'll pretty much the whole west of the United States just goes up in flames every summer so we've had major fires like right actually in the city which isn't very typical but um yeah it's that's and we and I don't ever remember hearing about that here but we've had some fires um a few weeks ago I know there was some some fires because of the heat Hmm. so this is I mean this is you know in my lifetime I don't remember my parents talk about um the couple of years just after I was born we had some summers like this but you know I'm 42 and I don't ever remember I don't remember a summer like this so so we are I mean I don't I love it we just have the windows open and the air coming through and fans on um 
we don't mind it but there's a i mean if you imagine the the elderly in the uk yeah. who are just not used to this bless yeah. them they so you have to go to the supermarkets you know you have to go you yeah. have to go in the wherever yeah. has aircon you just go sit in a restaurant or get in your car yeah. if it's got aircon and um yeah just yeah. try and my, my ac <laughs> has been broken all summer in my car and even when you have the windows down, it's just like hot air That's blowing a, in on you. I know. It's, I know. Yeah, I told Rebecca that it was preparing me for going to Arkansas because I was going to be able to be really acclimated to the heat because down there, she's been sending me stuff saying the heat de- index has been like 115 lately. <laughs> so at least it's I not that. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how are you cultivating lovely, well, Mackenzie? I am preparing tomorrow. I can't remember exactly when this podcast airs. It'll probably be well over by then. But starting tomorrow, my kids and I are going to get to house sit for actually the ducats, which is oh, very fun great. for 11 days. And oh, how nice. Yes, Katie just has... She is one of those people who knows how to create atmosphere. I mean, it's just you walk into her house and you instantly feel at home and there's just beauty everywhere and nothing is too small to think about and have purpose and beauty. And I'm just so excited to have this whole house for 11 days. It just feels unreal. That will feel like a vacation. How nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we still are going to have a ton going on and we have a lot of driving because they live like way on the opposite side of town of us. But okay, it's still we're just all so excited to just kind of Get, just get to be us and be a little yes. family for a while. And so we're just really looking forward to that. And I'm just going to soak up every minute of having a bed in a bedroom and all of it. Like this weekend, I <laughs> happen oh, to not, you. yeah, I happen to not yeah. have the kids this weekend. And I'm like, I'm just not leaving that house like I'm just gonna be (laughs) in that house by myself and no one will come through Saturday morning to take the dogs outside and walk right by my bed and like (laughs) I will just get to be there and do my work and read and she's recently just done a ton of stuff to their house well her and her husband because well they were wanting to do some renovations but they also have been going through a home study to be adopting some children and so they've done all these crazy amazing things to their house and if you guys caught my insta stories from her birthday party it was an Anne of Green Gables birthday party and it was amazing I mean she had like a flower crown station that you would wrap real flowers on floral wire and make a crown and she had all these different like seating vignettes and food that was themed and just music and decorations I mean nothing is too small for her to think of and I walk in there and I'm like I don't even I what how <laughs> like where did this <laughs> you, like I consider myself a creative person but I don't have this gift like this is that sounds incredible yeah it's just like she knows how to transport you to a different world and so I'm just so excited for us to just get to go and soak up that goodness for a while. And then as soon oh, as we I'm get so back, glad. we're going to be heading into like camp after camp after camp. And then wham, we're in school. So okay. it's kind of this nice last break before 
life gets super crazy. Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm so glad you're getting to do that. That's great. And your your parents get a bit of a breather as well. Yes, (laughs) which we could all use right now. So we're all looking forward to it. I got, we all were, the kids and I were gone for a week last month. And now we'll be gone for 11 days. My mom actually today was like, wait, 11 days? Like, I thought it was just a week. I was like, nope, <laughs> it's almost two weeks. <laughs> Soak it up, but don't get too used to it because we'll be back. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh. yeah. So, anyway, that's my goodness right now. I love it. Yeah. It's great. But thank you so much for chatting with me, Leah. You getting up early, me staying up late. We're in two totally yeah. different days. My we daughter. Naya has just waved to me from the window on her way to school. So Crazy. she's got uh, two more days left of um, this term. So she, Which I put is a, also sign on, wild. I, a sign on the door, do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just wanted to hit on really quickly. We were saying it's so weird because in the US, we've been let out of school for quite a while. And in England... Just finishing here. They take um, the breaks, they they kind of split them out throughout the year a little bit more. That's nice. So you get longer at Easter, longer at Christmas, you get half term breaks. So you scatter them out when yeah. the summer break is uh, five to six weeks. I mean, some private schools might get eight weeks, um, but generally, um, so Naya will have yeah five and a half weeks. So she finishes Wednesday and then she's back in September. So uh, we haven't quite got into our summer break mode yet, yeah. but we're, we're almost there. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that strange? It's so weird. I, I think it's a great idea though, because it just makes the year feel more tolerable. Yes, it does. Yeah. 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 One Six more weeks thing is... the U.S. needs to catch up with. <laughs> yeah i know but then you guys would be in school when the heat is crazy hot right you would be if you did it our way yeah ours and ours will be just starting to tone down by the time we're going back to school so well thank you i hope you survive the heat wave yeah yes Yes. i will uh i'll let you know if we do okay it's so lovely to talk to you yes we will talk at least in six months we'll come back with the follow-up to this episode. yes let's do it yeah absolutely and yeah i'm more oh. between there i'm sure oh yeah okay bye bye all right ladies well i hope that discussion with leah helped you to feel like you could have some grace with wherever you are in your educating journey with your kids because i know it helps so much when we can have grace on ourselves and grace for each other and it can be a really hard thing to come to But hopefully hearing a little bit of our experience and our perspective helped you to think a little bit more about yours as well. All right. As you've been hearing throughout this episode, our brand new podcast, The Same Page, is releasing on August 27th. But if you're in our Patreon community, not only do you get all the goods from Cultivating the Lovely, you also get to be a part of this new community called the Yellow Brick Road community. You get to become a Dorothy and get all of the extra information that we have going on about that, the schedule and all of that kind of thing, especially if you're a homeschooler, you may want to get that schedule so that you can factor it into what you're going to be learning for the year. But even if you're not, I'm not a homeschooler anymore, but I created this resource because I feel like it's something that I really wanted to have with my kids. I really wanted this to be a part of our family culture, my family's memories of what we did together every single day. And so I really hope that this is a resource that all of you guys will be able to use as well. You can head over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely to get all of the details on that. 
You can also head over to thesamepagepodcast.com for little snippets of what's coming. That website will be fully done as we are heading through the month. But like I said, those members, those Dorothys are the ones who are going to get everything first. So head over there if you want in on the action. All right. Thank you for leaving those ratings and reviews in iTunes. Last week was actually our highest downloads for a day one episode ever, which is amazing in the middle of the summer that that would happen. I was truly blessed and so excited that that happened. And it really makes a difference when a lot of you download the show, share it with your friends. It just means that we can bring you even better content and even more content. And I am so, so appreciative because it's also a way that helps support my family just by downloading the episodes. So thank you to all of you who listened and downloaded and told your friends. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Until next week, ladies, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.